Well, they can all be winners. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. And this is Baby's First Watch List. We watch movies, and the gimmick is that we choose if our kids should watch it. This one. <laughs> so far, everyone has made has made Baby's First Watch List. Yeah. The titular Baby's First Watch List. This will be interesting. Tune in to the end to see if this one makes it. Today, we're discussing a movie whose sequel was just released this past weekend. Yeah. It got really bad reviews. The Meg. It's 2018's The Meg. Prequel okay. or non The sequel is Meg to the Trench. Mm-hmm. Like the Mariana Trench, I'm guessing. Which is where this movie, largely, a lot of it takes place. Yep. And it's not the Mariana Trenches or Mariana's Trench. Whatever it was. There was like a pop punk band. From Canada. Mariana, Mariana's Trench was the pop punk band. <laughs> it's the Mariana Trench. <laughs> so what is it? It's the deepest part of the known earth. What is exactly a trench? A trench is a part of the ocean that just goes down. Like it's we don't know where the fl- ocean floor is. It's like my mood some nights. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. So-, so so the Mariana Trench, as far as we know, is further from sea level downwards then Mount Everest is upwards. Do we go higher than Mount Everest on a plane? We would fly over Mount Everest, yes. <laughs> what do you think? Like all the planes that go past Nepal or whatever are just are just flying around Mount Everest. Hey, listen, you gotta take the right route. <laughs> um so this sci-fi action movie was directed by John Turtletop, who also directed National Treasure and Cool Runnings. He can make a hit. He's shown to be capable of making a hit. That's right. I will say this that, was a hit. Well, right. Well, I would say that most people that I talked to about this movie since we watched it the they other say night, they enjoy it. Said it was pretty good. I didn't agree, but that's fine. Me either. And me and you have very similar tastes in well, movies. We'll we'll get into it. We but, both love Greece. <laughs> we'll get into it, but this one is just boring. Like my problem was that it was boring. It wasn't I that agree. it was bad. I'm good with a movie like this being bad. That's, I agree. that's what I expect. That's why I want It wasn't bad enough. That's I totally agree. It wasn't you know? absurd. It wasn't funny. Yeah. It wasn't silly. I didn't think Statham was in it. You know, like, he has to be... A lot of times, he's not exactly known for being the most evocative, path- pathos-inducing actor. I love him, though. But he's great. He's yeah. the best. He's got his one-liners. He does the whole thing. I didn't really find it in this movie. I agree. It was written by Dean Jorgaris, John Hober, and Eric Hober, um, but none of them have Wikipedia pages. That's not necessarily no, an indication. It's not necessarily of a bad thing. In this case, however, you know, <laughs> correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation. <laughs> yeah, but here, right. you right. know, so it was adapted from the 1997 book Meg. Is it Meg or the Meg? What Meg? It's just Meg. I don't know. I don't know. A novel of deep terror. Guess who told me about that book and liked it? Who? Mark. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it had apparently been in the process of being adapted since 1997. He, Mark also said he loved that we watched this for the podcast. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I love that I watched this for the podcast, too. Um, at some point, Eli Roth was attached. I wrote which that. Which is interesting. I wrote that. But he wanted to star. And they were like, you, no. <laughs> they were like, you're not big enough of a... That's funny. Of a name to star in the movie. So the book, I guess, is like an actual like horror book. It's not supposed to be this B movie. Mark said it was like horror pseudoscience type of thing. Yeah. Almost like a it feels like a Jurassic Park type right. movie. It's you know? not like, oh, this is fun. Right. Interesting. And he said that he hasn't seen the sequel, but it seems like the sequel has nothing to do with the sequels to the novel. Oh. <laughs> it is considered an adaptation of a sequel, though. What? Of Meg the book. 2? Yeah. Okay, maybe it is, but I mean, who he, knows? Wikipedia. He said he, he said he liked the later books in the series more than the first one. Interesting. Cinematographer Tom Stern. Um, he, Stern, like a boat. Yeah, he's wow. known for being Clint Eastwood's go-to and guy. Turtle, Turtle Tom, the director. I mean, it's meant to be, I guess. Wow. So yeah, Who's, this guy, what Tom what Stern? He's like Clint Eastwood's Clint Eastwood. go-to cinematographer. Like from like, back, way back in the day, or are we talking Mystic like... Mystic River, we're talking. Oh, okay. Like, I was thinking further back than that, but no, yeah. No, I mean like his directorial stuff. His directed stuff. stuff. Yeah. Gran Torino. All of it. Like he directed he did, Gran Torino, right? Yeah. Like, basically every movie that I remember Clint Eastwood doing, and even some that I forgot he did, <laughs> this guy was a cinematographer. Cool. He was nominated for a Clint Eastwood movie uh, for cinematography, The Changeling. Okay. I've never seen, but the, it's 2002 or something like that. I think that was later on. Mm. It's Angelina but it was, Jolie. But it was in the 2000s. Um, Maybe. 
I'm pretty sure it was on our 2000s list that we never got to. I think to. you're right. Um, he also shot The Hunger Games. So he did oh, okay. like some hits for sure. The music is by Harry Gregson Williams, who he did a lot of animated movies. Like uh, he did the music for the Shrek series, for Ants, and for Chicken Run. Okay. He also did um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He did The Martian and a lot more. He did like a ton of different things. Um, 2000, the, Changeling was 2008. Okay, there you go. The movie, The Meg, is a co-production between the United States and China. Yeah. So it's like seen as like a 50-50 production. Yeah. And that was like, I don't know if it was for a specific reason, but because of that, something to do with money and taxes or something, because it's a direct co-production. I assume I that co-productions always have to do with taxes. It's something. Yeah, I don't know. There was something <laughs> that they said. I was like, okay. The Meg was a bit of a mixed bag critically. With a forty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, they, I I want to read you exactly what Rotten Tomatoes the consensus is because that's it's exactly how I feel. Um, I was like, yeah, that's the problem. So it says here, the Meg sets audiences up for a good fat old fashioned B movie creature feature, but lacks the genre thrills or the cheesy bite to make it worth diving in. Agreed. That's pretty much exactly my thoughts i said dude let's do the meg it's gonna be fun well no first of all i put the meg on our list and you said oh i think the meg would be a great idea because it's gonna be fun and i would either want it to be like whoa that's scary oh, oh my god oh. or i or, would whoa, want that it was to really be interesting. like that's so funny yeah oh that's silly oh look at that oh that's crazy and it was boring it had a few moments in the second half that were kind of cool, but it wasn't anything that was when able the shark to eat went to when, the beach. When the shark was eating things, it was fun. Yeah. The Rain Wilson when he got like right. we'll get into it. Yeah. Like that was that's fun. Right. But overall, the first half was pretty much a drag. What's also interesting is it has a forty three percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Audiences seem to agree. Yeah. Not the best. Um, Except everyone that I talked to would give it 100%. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Um, it was a commercial success, however, making a lot of money. $530.2 million. I wonder what the split was between the U.S. and China. Because yeah. I feel like overseas, this feels like a movie that would have done really well. Yeah. Um, and it had a budget of around 130 to $178 million. It had a high marketing budget, apparently. Oh, I read that. It was like $140 million or yeah, something. Yeah, like crazy. It was nominated for one Razzie for worst prequel, prequel sequel, remake, remake, ripoff, or sequel. Yeah. And they said it was a ripoff of Jaws. <laughs> I read that it was a strong frontrunner for all of the Razzies. But the reason why, I mean, speculated, the reason why it didn't get a bunch of Razzies is because it was one year where it was open to the public. And the public didn't vote for it for a bunch of Razzies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I forget. I don't know what was up for all the Razzies. Like, what was the leader that year? But yeah. yeah, I read that. It was because that year the people got to vote on the Razzies. And they said, we want the Meg. Yeah, we don't want the we Meg. We don't want the Meg. A sequel, Meg to the Trench, was released last weekend. And lucky for us, all three screenwriters returned. Thank the Lord. It's got a different director. Like, it's some British guy. Uh, he did the Rebecca remake. He did the Rebecca remake and something else that was he like. That's like I think he does video, like horror video games and stuff. Oh, does he? I don't. Ben know. Wheatley. Did I make that up? You might have made that up. It's in like the top part of his Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah, Ben Wheatley. He did. I don't know what I. I don't know what I thought he did, but you can go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I don't know any of these things. It's doing real bad on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> So I don't know what to tell you. I truly don't know any of these movies other than Re the Rebecca remake, which was bad. Yeah. So I didn't see it, but it was got really bad reviews. So that's not great. Um, but you know what? We're going to live our life. And honestly, I don't have anything else for the Meg. Okay. For an at all. Intro. Oh, <laughs> I, I like... have a couple questions. I have my New Jersey connection. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to do a new, a new thing. Segment. We're going to do a new segment because we are. Uh... Many of our listeners are from New Jersey. And Not to mention, Tom and I in the car today had a big discussion on how wonderful New Jersey is. Yeah. How we're happy to be from New Jersey. Which we've gotten into on the podcast before. I love New Jersey. I love New Jersey. I love New Jersey. Can I do the plot summary for the Meg? First of all, let me tell you this. 
NJ.com. Don't look at their Instagram comment section, okay? Ever. Everyone is little. They need. They really just need to drink some tea. Can we do this in the New Jersey segment, or we're going to do this up top? We can do that in the New Jersey segment. <laughs> just hurry up with this Meg stuff. All right. Well, it's weird because this is a movie that has a pretty complex plot, kind of. But it doesn't come but across that way. But it has nothing. Yeah. Really. Okay. The Meg. Jonas Taylor, played by Jason Statham, is a rescue diver who attempts to save the crew of a damaged nuclear submarine when he sees the hull being rammed by an unidentified creature. Two of his crew are trapped in the damaged sub, but Taylor is forced to flee, realizing that attempting rescue would result in the deaths of everyone he has already saved. Taylor's account of the story is later dismissed by fellow survivor Dr. Heller, who denounces his actions as the result of pressure-induced psychosis. Five years later, Billionaire Jack Morris, played by Rain Wilson, meets Dr. Minwei Zhang, played by Winston Chow, at the underwater research facility Mana One. Zhang and his oceanographer daughter Su Yin, played by Li Bingbing, supervise a mission to explore what turns out to be a deeper section of the Mariana Trench, previously concealed by a thermocline of hydrogen sulfide, essentially, from what I gather, meaning that it's blocked off by some sort of barrier of elements that we couldn't previously get past. I don't know if that's real or not or what, but... The mission submersible is piloted by scientists Toshi, a scientist referred to as The Wall, and Taylor's ex-wife Lori, because of course. They discover an abundance of never-before-seen flora and fauna below the thermocline, but an attack by a large, unidentified creature causes the submersible to lose contact with Mono One. Taylor's old friend and Mono One operations manager james mac mccready's suggests sending taylor down to attempt a rescue despite the objections of heller now a member of the mono one crew zhang and mac venture to thailand to recruit taylor who is now a drunken loner taylor is initially skeptical but relents after listening to a taped recording containing the dialogue between Lori, her crew and mono one su yin attempts the rescue in their absence but is attacked by a giant squid that was a cool scene I did like the squid. He was like, all right, I'm here. Before the squid can crush her submersible, it is killed by an enormous shark. Having agreed to help, Taylor breaches the thermocline and reaches the sunken submersible. When the shark returns and attacks the submersible before the evacuation has been completed, Toshi sacrifices himself to help the others escape by exploding the submersible. Returning to Mono One, the crew discovers the giant shark is a megalodon, or Meg, a prehistoric species of shark previously believed to be extinct. While discussing how to address it, Su Yin's daughter, Mei Ying, encounters and narrowly avoids an attack from the shark outside Mono One's underwater tunnels. The crew realizes that the Meg pursued them through a temporary break they caused in the thermocline and resolves to go out and track the Meg before killing it with poison. After the Meg destroys three nearby shark fin fishing ships, shark fin fishing ships, that, that, <laughs> I'm surprised shark that fin fishing ships. Taylor enters the water to shoot the Meg with a tracker, and then the team puts Suyin in a shark-proof tank so she can shoot the Meg with poison. How, that's basically Jaws. That's the second half of Jaws. Literally. It is a ripoff of Jaws. However, the mission goes awry when the shark attacks the cage and cracks Suyin's mask, causing her to lose oxygen. She manages to poison the shark just as Taylor manages to get her out of the cage. The Meg returns and attacks Taylor and Suyin, what happened? Oh, but it gets snagged on the cage's line and dies from the poison. In their moment of triumph, a second larger Meg, revealed to be the one that attacked the group earlier back in the trench, emerges, devouring the wall, and the de which is a character name, again, and the dead Meg, critically wounding Zhang and destroying the crew's ship. Heller sacrifices himself by distracting the Meg to save fellow crew member Jax with two X's, played by Ruby Rose. Worst name. <laughs> Max swims out to a floating lifeboat so that he and the crew can regroup at Mono One, though Zhang dies on the way. The shark gives chase, but it is deterred by a helicopter Morris called in. Back at the station, Morris claims that he has informed all the Chinese government about the Meg and that they have sent two destroyers to torpedo the shark, but... He secretly enlists a mercenary team to kill the shark with depth charges. They accidentally kill a whale instead. Realizing the Meg is near, the team speeds away, but Morris falls overboard and is eaten. Rip to Rain Wilson. Yeah. The team soon learns of Morris's deceit and resolve to kill the Meg themselves. The Meg attacks a crowded beach in Sanya Bay in China and devours several beachgoers before the Mono One crew uses a whale call to divert its attention toward them. Taylor and Su Yin board submersibles and work together to kill the Meg, 
but Suyin is forced to break off to save the others when a helicopter crashing into their ship forces them into the water. Taylor takes on the Megalone, and despite his submarine taking damage, he wounds the beast with his damaged submersible and stabs it in the eye, spilling its blood and attracting a swarm of sharks that devour the dying Meg. Taylor reunites with the rest of the Mono One crew on a passing wedding boat and considers taking a vacation with Suyin and Meiying. Meanwhile, in the water, a passing Meg is heard, suggesting that more than two escaped the trench. Mm-hmm. The Meg. There it is. What a film. Boring. Yeah, it wasn't the best. Like that plot summary sounds more interesting than the movie was. Which is very rare. Usually I'm like, oh, I missed this. I missed this. I couldn't get all the jokes together. But this one, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. pretty much the story. Yeah. So here's my first thing. At the beginning of the movie, um, Jason Statham is trying to help a guy. And he says, you okay, pal? Right? Sure. It just kind of makes me sad. Because I don't think women get called pal or buddy. Or boss. Why Why not? Well, they get sweetheart, toots, <laughs> things <laughs> okay. like that. Do you want me to tell you a secret? Sure. I kind of don't hate it when people call me like honey or sweetheart. <laughs> it depends. I mean, I'm not one to I, I'm not one to talk, but I feel like it would depend on who it is and what their intention is. My big thing is if a waitress, if it's an calls old waitress, that, yeah. I'm in. I'm no, like, yes, that's fair. Like how I want to walk into a, I want to walk okay. into a, what? But if, like, one of the guys from Pet Boys does it, I think it's kind of sweet. It's a little creepy. No, not to like, okay, honey, blah, blah, blah. I don't yeah. mind it. I just don't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like how if I walk into an old sandwich shop and mm-hmm. I get a tuna sa- a tuna sub. I, I, right, exactly. I want the guy putting it together to call me boss. Boss? All right, boss. Do you get called boss? I have been called boss mostly by gas station attendants, <laughs> which is New Jersey, which is a New Jersey thing. That is a New Jersey thing. Gas station attendants at the pump. Okay. Yeah. I think boss is funny. What do you I'm get I'm not called? a boss. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the boss of April. What about like Mac? Hey there, Mac. I like Mac. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted our next kid to have a nickname, Mac. Maybe. Because it's cute. We don't, it's not an announcement. No, 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 no. Um, but like, I don't think I've ever been called buddy. Yes, you have. Oh, <laughs> okay. You guys want to know like oh, a no, secret? No, no, no. <laughs> oh my. That is specifically one that you have been called. And we did and talk about it. And we talk about it all the time. Okay. Somebody, listen, there was an, a situation. I was like, like. Seven months pregnant. I'm waddling to my car at six thirty in <laughs> the morning to, to go to work, and there's a certain somebody that we know, kind of, not really. I don't really know this person, and he pulls out of his driveway and he backs up slowly to my driveway, and he just goes, "Hey, buddy, buddy, buddy." <laughs> I just. Previously North. spoken zero never, words. To this never person. spoke to him in my life. I literally looked at him in the dead in the eyes and just turned back and opened <laughs> And then he just drove away. Absolute nightmare. So we just call him Buddy Buddy now. Yeah. Not to his face because we don't talk. I don't know this man. Maybe, he's, maybe he listens to the podcast. Hey, Buddy Buddy Buddy. <laughs> so you're right. I've been called Buddy approximately three times. <laughs> I just think it's funny that that's the one you specifically chose. <laughs> okay. That was tragic. <laughs> Okay, so here's a question that I probably should have given you beforehand. What are some surprise, surprise. What are some other movies where the characters speak to each other in ways that no human has ever spoken to another human? I've talked about this before on the podcast. High School Musical. Yeah. I, that's it. Yeah. You, if you listen to the podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have one for you. Ready? Sure. Closer. Closer is an <laughs> unbelievable example of that. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe the dialogue in Closer. Like, the movie was so bad. But that's one that I still think about because of how bad it was. Like, in a good way. I yeah. it's hilarious. I would love to rewatch Closer, you know? Yeah. Is it a, it's was it one of Mike Nichols' last movies? Was it Mike Nichols? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mike yeah, it was a it was a bit a pretty big director. And it's got like Jude Law, Clive Owen, Clive Owen, Julia Roberts and uh Natalie Portman, right? Yeah. For a guy who's not really in that much anymore, I love Clive Owen. Every time he's in something, I'm like, he's, he's very great. Good. Um Jude Law is also a very good actor. Yeah. So 
Yeah. It was so it was Mike Nichols. Closer, like it's so the the things that they say to each other. Just, Most of them cannot be repeated on this podcast. Oh yeah, we can't really tell you what they are because they're all inappropriate. But if you've heard some Fallout Boy songs, Fallout Boy. Okay, in two thousand and eight, Fallout Boy used like a ton of yeah. closer lines, the lines from the movie in their songs. So like, uh, thanks for the memories. Does it? And then one of their song titles has one. Yeah. It, like so, if you're ever interested in lyrics or Fallout Boy lyrics that are related to movies, that's what that. If there you ever like had a Fallout Boy song, and you're like, what does that mean? There's a non-zero chance it's from the movie Closer. Non-zero. Um, two thousand four is Closer. Yeah, which is completely not an appropriate movie for children. Did you know that it was? First of all, it was based on a play, and second of all, it was you seen... You know it's based on a play. Right, but it. it was seen by some as a modern and tragic version of Mozart's 1790 opera Cosi, Cosi Fon Tutti, with references to the opera and the plot and the soundtrack. Closer is one of those movies where it's like a lot of people think it's like super deep and like it has all these referential things and whatever, and I just didn't get that. I'm just like, this movie's dumb. Clive Owen played the role, the Jude Law role in the play. Oh, interesting. But again, it's Mike Nichols, so I'm like... I'm really entertained. Mike Nichols is good. I mean, I like Mike Nichols. We, I like. I said I would absolutely rewatch Closer because of how absurd when it we was. were watching. I was just like, what? We were like, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> what is this movie? Yeah. So that's my choice on people never speaking to each other. Like, no, that. I think those are two good ones. Yeah. That one and uh, High School Musical. High School Musical. Um. So, okay. You need to make this movie better, but you can only change one aspect or thing in this movie to make it better you can't like uh, what do you think you would change <laughs> give the shark googly eyes <laughs> <laughs> giving the shark googly eyes you think would be the highest chance of making it like <laughs> the most better it could be well what do you mean by one thing like can i change the script you can change not something like, about not, right the not like this is an amazing script now right. but I would add one-liners. I would add... St- no, they think there's one-liners. There's the one one-liner that Statham has where he's like, come get some of this, and then like the gun doesn't go off or something. You would do like more of that kind of stuff. Like the I like that Schwarzenegger, stuff. Like the Schwarzenegger, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Like the one where... Uh, like like Batman villains. Yeah. Okay. Let's kick some ice. Things like that. Like in mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. What made the dinosaurs go extinct? The Ice Age. The Ice Age. <laughs> and then he like shoots off his like... Hey, everybody. Chill. chill. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also other ones that Arnold has in other movies where uh, there's the one... I forget what movie it is, but he's like holding a guy upside down from like a building. And the guy's like, I thought you said you were going to kill me less. I lied. I lied. And he just lets him go. I forget what movie that is. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. That's the stuff I like. I, I agree with you on that. I like the... I also would have made it a little bit less sciencey because it's not that this movie was super sciencey because I mean, come on. I but don't mind the science; it's just done poorly. It's done poorly because there's not enough fun to balance it out. You know, the, I didn't yeah. find the banter funny. I didn't find any of that good. There, it, like the banter was so stilted and not wooden. Yeah, and but again, I understand that this is what you were supposed to expect from a movie like this, but it was so wooden that it was just blah. It wasn't fun. It was just like if you. If like you said, it's like if Chat GPT wrote Yeah, I a, said like a movie. it's literally like AI wrote this. Yeah. Like you you ask smarter child on AIM yes. for a movie and he'd be like, Oh, I wrote this. Like I don't like these weren't people. For what it's worth, I did ask Chat GPT to write me a sequel to this movie. It actually was, sounds pretty good. It sounded pretty good. It was like they they go down further and there's this whole civilization of humans that worshipped the Meg and uh, of course, it's Statham. It's the whole crew from this movie. They go back down, and all of a sudden, there's this billionaire who's trying to take the relics from the ancient civilization to like sell them or their magic or something like that. And the Meg protects them. Yeah. The new the new Meg. There's other Megs down there, and they protect Statham and crew against the evil billionaire. And it sounds pretty good. Probably would have been better than Meg 2. The I don't know what Meg 2 is about. Maybe it just took the plot imagine, of Meg 2. Oh, my God. Wait, imagine. Maybe it wrote like, Meg actually- 2. Maybe that's why these people don't have Wikipedia pages, because it's just an AI-written movie. Are these guys just AI? <laughs> bad for the bad for the WGA, if that's the case. We need to talk about it. That's part of what they're saying. They don't want AI. Yeah. The problem is, did AI just make a better movie than Meg 2 The Trench? That's <laughs> the problem. It's possible. 
No way. It doesn't look like that is the case. Also, AI could never replace actual screenwriters. Of course not. There's no way. Of course not. Um, we need them, even if they make the Meg. <laughs> yeah, despite. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you. Um, okay. I don't know what I would change to make it better. What well, I, I think, I have... no, do you know what I would do? I would make it brighter. It, it was sort of, well, it was deceiving because. The first half is not bright. The poster, like the yellow in the poster exactly. on the, the, the logo pops. Yes. And there's not that much of the it. The beach part. part. The beach, yeah. yeah. The With the big hamster wheel thing. Fun. The dog, Pippin the dog. Yeah. So cute. The first half, I'm like, this is blah, boring. Well, that's where the, the sterile, sterile science part of it comes in. I don't need that. It's the Meg. Can at least somebody wear neon uniforms? Right. Like the scuba suits, make them make them neon. Make them neon. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite part or a favorite character? I'm get putting them together because hopefully you'll find something. Well, okay. My favorite character is Statham because it's Statham. Yeah. He's you know, great. he's just good. He's just yeah, he has he's a he's he has an aura about him. Yeah, he's a star. Yeah, he's an absolute star. But I didn't. It's not when I think of Jason Statham, I'm not going to think of the Meg. Right. You know. And I haven't even seen The Transporter. I haven't even seen Crank. Like, those are a couple of his bigger movies. Yeah. But I'm gonna th- I think of Fast and Furious when I think of Statham. Spy. S- Spy, right. He was really good in Spy. Uh, I'm not going to think of the Meg when I think of him. But he's the best in the movie because, al- almost by default. Yeah. It's not, again, it's not that everybody else was horrible. No. They just were nothing. They were nothing. They were nothing. I'm not going to remember any of them. I, except for Pippin. Pippin was my favorite. The dog, yeah. Pippin's a dog that got accidentally thrown onto the ocean. Yeah. And you think he got eaten. Yeah, and he didn't. He and didn't. But the best is Pippin's like swimming along, doggy paddling, and then he sees the Megan and he goes, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns the other way. So cute. Um, so, in terms of a favorite part, I liked the part when the shark attacked the beach. And I liked yeah, the part with the giant squid. Yeah. Because it was a little bit of a switch, and you were like, oh, this is a shark, but no, it's just a, it's a squid. I agree. I thought that was really good, but my problem was when that happened, I was already in my head like, this is not what I thought it was going <laughs> to be. Like, this movie is not as fun as I thought. Um, I think that the action and the general plot is fine. I just didn't think the characters were good. No, they were bad. Do you have a favorite underwater movie? Underwater movie? Under. I'll tell you mine Go first if you want. I like Finding Nemo. Oh, okay. That takes place underwater. It does take place underwater. And I really like it because I'll tell you why. Number one, Finding Nemo, it's, I don't like, I don't really like movies that take place around like water that much. Sure. I mean, it's fine, but like sometimes I'm like, all right, I need a little bit of an island. And Finding Nemo does give us that. We do have the dentist office in Sydney. Yeah. Which so I like that little shift. Um, but and it's still underwater because it's in a fish tank, which is fun. It's also very colorful. Uh, it's got really good jokes. And um, despite me knowing for many many years the truth about Ellen DeGeneres. Yes, it's true. You were one of the. F- I was first the, that, that I... was the hill I'll die on that she was actually not very nice. Um. She's so good in this in Finding Nemo, like she was Dory. Yeah, really I good. I watched Finding Nemo once or twice and it didn't really hit me like that. I I've saw never it, been a Nemo head. I saw it at Regal, our local Regal, and they oversold it, so my sister had to sit in the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite underwater movie? So like, where I mean, The Little Mermaid. Oh yeah, that's is, good. Is one that counts. We didn't wait. You've never seen The Little Mermaid. I've seen it. Oh, you have? Yeah. We haven't seen the new one yet. Right. Um, so all the ones I'm looking at on this list are like not really. It's like Titanic. That's not really underwater. Life of Pi is not really underwater. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it. On the water. I'm going to say it. I liked Aquaman. The Jason Momoa Aquaman. Didn't watch. I don't watch those movies really. It was long like all the DC movies are. And it was dark like all the DC movies are. But it was Jason Momoa is another guy who's just a star. Yeah. And... I also thought that Patrick Wilson was great in it. I love Patrick Wilson. So he's a New Jersey king. He is a New Jersey king, uh, but I don't. I have never really thought of like underwater movies. Yeah. But I would say that Little Mermaid and Aquaman. Very nice. I don't have any other questions. I just have my NJ connection. Okay. Do you want me to do my nah, New nah, we'll keep Jersey it. connection? Get connected for free. We'll do the questions first okay. while we're on questions. Okay. 
So this movie at the Razzies was considered a ripoff of Jaws. Yeah. Does this movie do anything better than Jaws? I really thought about this question. <laughs> so <though>. did I. <laughs> I don't think so. Made more money than Jaws. That doesn't count. <laughs> when not adjusted for inflation. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. It made more money. It the sharks were bigger. Is there anything that the movie does better than Jaws? No, is the correct answer. Probably not. No. <laughs> Probably it's just not. a no. Probably not. Sorry. The jokes didn't even hit as much. No. There's really not a single thing it does better than Jaws. Which is not no. which is not necessarily a bad like Jaws is an amazing movie, as we just talked about a couple weeks ago. It's right. not like there's a there's a high bar here, but it doesn't. Nothing. I would have been interested to have watched this movie on a theater screen. Mm, I wonder okay. if I would have liked it more. Maybe. Okay. I'm not sure how many you've seen, but do you have a favorite kaiju movie? So basically, if you're not a freaking nerd like me, that's a movie that basically has a giant monster. Mm-hmm. That's part of the movie. Like a Godzilla is what you th- is the is the prototype of a kaiju movie or King Kong. Do you have and I would consider the Meg one of those types of movies. That's like a big threat, that's a giant thing that's way bigger than humans and you got to deal with it. Do you have any like favorites of those? Does the the Stay Puffed guy from <laughs> Maybe, Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters. 2 count? Yeah, I'm going to say I yes. I've never actually seen Ghostbusters 2, but I thought of him first. Yeah. Um I honestly don't think I've really seen I like Reptar. You didn't you watch one of Reptar's great. Didn't you watch one of them on a plane? I did fall asleep during that. Oh, that was Godzilla versus Kong, right? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. But I did fall asleep. Yeah. Um so Cloverfield is another one. Oh, I do like Cloverfield. But you don't really Rim. know who that is. It's kind of assumed that it's what a about big the monster. Thing? The thing I would say no because you, the in Cloverfield it's assumed that it's a giant. Yes. That it's massive. Hey, that is true. Yeah. In the thing it's not, because it's taking the form of humans. What about Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yeah, I guess that was really good. Sure. That movie was really good actually. Sure. I don't know if I would count that either though, only because it's more about like John Goodman's the villain. It's not really about mm-hmm. the monster. Okay. What's yours? Again, freaking nerd. It's the original Godzilla. It's it's a stand-in for nuclear weapons. It's oh, it's God. such a great uh it's just a great concept and I love the fact that and it's and it's Godzilla. Also, there was a 2016 Godzilla. Uh I think it was 2016 and he's got like googly eyes. That's fun. And it's it's really great and it's not the same type of idea and it's supposed to be more about like war or something like that, but I like when there's a point behind it, and yeah, I sure. and I like when it's stupid. Also, there's a bunch of Godzillas. I haven't seen that many Godzillas, but there's a bunch in like the '80s and that were just nonsense. Where he's fighting like Mothra and like all those types of monsters. Godzilla is your is your Tony Soprano of kaiju, the genre. And I'm not even super well versed in it, but uh, Rampage is another one that I didn't see, but that's another one that I wrote it's down. The Rock, right? Yeah, uh, it's based on a video game where you could you're one of three big monsters and you destroy towns and you get points okay um i haven't seen the original king kong though i would like to yeah because it's just a you know it's in the pantheon of film you know yeah um but yeah i i think it's it's godzilla which is like 1958 or something and the 2016 shin godzilla yeah that's those are good choices do did i ever say on the podcast my funny blockbuster story probably but i don't remember Okay, so back in the day, Blockbuster was closing down, our local Blockbuster, and I went with my cousins and my sister, and we were like, okay, we're going to buy the movies because they were selling them, and we waited till like the last day because they sold them for like a dollar each, right? So we're like, okay, cool. We're going to buy so many movies. And we did. We bought so many movies. And they had the blockbuster thing. It was so cool. Yeah. And because they were only a dollar each, we were like, well, let's like explore and maybe pick some things that we wouldn't normally get. Like uh, my one cousin got Bruno. Like, oh. We don't need to get Bruno. Um, But I was like, okay, I want to do one of those fun B movies, whatever. So I'm like, all right, our choices are, and it was like shark versus octopus. Mega shark versus giant octopus. I think that was I've it. Mega shark versus giant octopus. I've seen that one. <laughs> and then the other one was eagle versus shark. 
Oh, and you picked eagle versus and shark. And I was like, well, how cool is that? It's aerial versus underwater. Like, that's going to be so much more interesting, whatever. And mind you, it's the Blockbuster logo There, You on don't the front. see the poster. You do not see the poster. And it just says eagle versus shark. And I'm like, okay. And back then, I did not know when it said directed by Taika Waititi. Yes. I was like... I don't know that person. You probably didn't even look, pay any attention yeah. to it. So I get home and we're like, let's start with Eagle versus Shark. We put it in and it's a New Zealand indie. Like a rom-com, right? Rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like an early Taika Waititi movie with yeah, Jermaine 2007. Clement. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's my experience with these types of movies. Apparently there's some stop motion in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it was a weird... not what I expected. Yeah. That was so funny. All right. I want you to give me your Mount Rushmore of Megs. This is any type of Meg, Megan, any type of thing like that. I want you to give me your top what four. What do you mean, Megan? What do you mean? What do you mean, a Megan? It could be any Megan, Meg. Oh, like the name, like their name. Mount are... Rushmore of Megs. Oh, shoot. This is tough. I got a lot. <laughs> okay. Number one, Megan. I actually didn't even narrow it down to a top four. Number so. one is obviously Megan. Megan from Megan. Megan. Yeah, that's an obvious this this question started because I was going to ask something to do with like who would win the Meg or Megan. Yeah. But I thought that this would open it up to more Megan's number one more is Megs. Megan. Obviously, she's like the big person on Mount Rushmore. George Washington. Yeah. Is he the biggest? He's the one that's the closest. Is he like are they ranked? They're not ranked. No, <laughs> it's just the way that I think the rock <laughs> surface was built. <laughs> yeah, that they, I think it's just the way that they built into the rot into the mountain. Okay. All right, so that's number one. Number two is going to be Meg Whitman. I don't even think I have Meg Whitman here. Because she was in Independence Day. Yeah, I know. And so that was fun for me. She was like the little girl in Independence Day. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Or wait, is that is that Meg Whitman or May Whitman? Oh, it's May. It's May Whitman. She's not even a Meg. No, well, she's an honorary Meg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, scratch her. Number two, Megan Fox. I have Meg. I wrote specifically Megan Fox and Jennifer's, Jennifer's body. body. Yes. When you have Jennifer's body, that's all you need. Megan Fox. That's my number two. Right. Okay. Number three. The only other Meg I can think of is Meg from Family Guy. And I, I never watched. Specifically, that. did not put her on this list. I've never watched that. You want to know some of the ones that I have? Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to even give you a top four. Yeah. Megan, which yeah. we talked about. Meg oh. Ryan. Oh, Meg Ryan. Yeah, Meg Ryan. Megan Markle. Oh yeah, Megan Markle. Uh, Megan Rapino. It's a uh, oh, U.S. Yeah. Women's National Team season. Yeah. Did they? They may not be. They might be out by the time this comes out. I don't know if they lose no, to no, Sweden or whatever. Not. Um, Megan Fox and Jennifer's Body. Meg from Hercules. Oh yeah. Meg from Little Women. Oh yeah. Megan the Stallion. Oh. Uh, Megan from Drake and Josh because we were just talking about Josh. Megan. <laughs> uh, Megan Good. Okay. And Megan Mullally. Oh yeah, There's a lot Those of good Megan. Really good Megan. A lot of good Megan's. All right, I'll give my top four. It's Megan. It's Megan Fox and Jennifer's body. It's Meg Ryan, and it's Megan the Stallion. That's yeah, my those th- are good. Those th- are good. That's my Mount Rushmore. Are you a, are you a hottie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, good no stuff. Doubt. Meg Ryan definitely. You could do like a whole Mount Rushmore of Meg Ryan's. Sure. All just the different ones. It's just all the Meg Ryan's. You got what? Sleepless in Seattle. Yep. When Harry Met Sally. Yep. You've got mail. Yep. And Top Gun. <laughs> We're done. That's it. It's perfect. She's on the hinges in Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. All right. So we already kind of talked about this off air, but I sent you an article that Rain Wilson had in uh, a few weeks ago. I saw it on Deadline. Rain Wilson, it was Dwight from The Office. So he he was doing an interview with Bill Maher for some reason (laughs) he said that when he was doing the office he was really uncomfortable and unhappy because it wasn't fulfilling enough and he basically was saying i'm on this great show and i'm not really enjoying it anymore why haven't i been able to make the next step into movies like a jack black he said why am i not the next jack black or the next will ferrell how come i can't have a movie career how come i don't have this developmental deal he said I was making hundreds of thousands, I wanted millions, and I was a TV star, but I wanted to be a movie star, and it was never enough. So he's basically, and my, I think he's trying to say, like, he had such a perfectionist attitude that he 
he couldn't find a way to be happy, mm-hmm. even though he was on this mega successful show, because yeah. there's always something more. There's always someone doing something better than you or more than you or mm-hmm. whatever. And th- I find that actually pretty relatable. Sure. But my question is, why do you, do you think that Rain Wilson could have been a movie star? And number two, why or why not? Yeah, sure. I think he could have been. Like a movie star to the level of a Jack Black. Do you think that he has that type of... Here's the thing. I think that... No. I don't think so. But the reason why... And I said this to you off mic. (laughs) Yeah. As in Um, when we talk during the normal (laughs) course of the day. Actual lives. Um, I think that one of the things when you have a Will Ferrell... A Jack Black, uh, we said we said Adam Sandler, I said an Adam even Sandler, like a Chris Farley, even like a David Spade, yeah. who I know is not a movie star, but made the transition into movies. Yeah. Um, shout out Grown Ups too. Shout out um, Dickie Roberts, <laughs> child star or whatever the movie is. Um, I think that the what I noticed about all of those people, I don't Jack Black doesn't really count in that. Because he didn't, I don't think, start off on in TV. I'm not sure. Um, but for everybody, they're transitioning from TV to movies. One of the first movies that each one of those people did that was very popular was not just really funny and well-received, but it also had a heart underneath it. So they're really likable. And you feel like, oh, like that was so nice. Like they're great. So, like, with Jack Black, School of Rock, one of our favorite movies. Jack Black did start on TV, but it wasn't, like, he didn't... It wasn't, right. He didn't have a big TV show. He was just in episodes of shows here and there. Right, right, right. So, like, for him, it's like, oh, he's this likable guy who's really funny and silly. It was a successful movie, and uh, and the undercurrent is so much hard and, like, whatever. Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, you end up feeling real good for him, you know? It's sweet, even though it's... Even Crazy. though, yeah, yeah, idiotic. Um, right. Uh, Will Ferrell. Problematic. <laughs> Will Ferrell. I think that if he had just done things like old school, it w- he wouldn't have been this big movie star. I think something like Elf, where you, it's funny and wacky, but then again, underneath it, you love him. I mean, even Anchorman has a little bit of that to it, where yeah. he's not necessarily a super likable character, but you can feel his anxieties. Yeah. And how the world is changing and all that, and he just can't come to grips with it. I think it's a, like a human feeling. Yeah, exactly. He's just a maniac. Right. So uh, even like a David Spade with Tommy Boy. So you can still get that character that we all know David Spade for, right? Right. Um, but he's likable. Yeah. And of course, he's playing off of Chris Farley, who is a very likable guy um, in his movies. I don't think Rain Wilson had that. And Dwight Schrute very much is that type of character where he has those eccentricities and stuff like that and he's annoying and whatever but you really like him and Under he's loyal and sweet and in his own way right him and angela are like a good match for each other exactly so i think that when he was transitioning into some movie roles what the rocker that th- didn't do very well what was the rocker it was a movie where he was a rocker Okay. And, like, I think he tried to have a band with, like, teenagers or something. So he was in Galaxy Quest. He was an almost famous. The first movie I remember him being in was House of a Thousand Corpses. And, like, he's choosing, like, not that almost famous and Galaxy Quest are, like, super weird because they had good casts, but he's picking, he picked weird movies. He picked the wrong movies. Well, those movies were also before The Office. That is true. That is true. That is true. When he's picking vehicles for him. When did The Office start? 2005 ish, 2004, something like that. Yeah. So, so he's got Juno in 2007. Where he had a tiny role. Yeah. He did The Rocker. He did Monsters vs. Aliens, but which was a animated. animated. He did. He was a cameo in one of the Transformers movies. Like he never. And all these movies I've never heard of. All right. these other ones. Right. But the question is why is that? Is that because he's choosing weird roles or is that. What he was offered? Just what he was offered. I don't know. And I think, too, another part of what those other people had was a production company or some sort of backing behind them, like Spade, Farley, Sandler. All these people had Lorne Michaels helping them start up. Uh, Unless he was going to get, like, a Greg Daniels, who was the creator of The Office, or someone like that to, like, give him a vehicle. A lot of times it's hard to do that. Lorne is famous for doing that. Like, all his people get get him. Like, pop star, (laughs) like Lorne Michaels. Uh, Some of the Pete Davidson stuff was... 
Uh, he still does it. Yep. So that's part of his brand. That's part of the SNL brand. Mm-hmm. Because then when he helps Pete Davidson get way more famous than he was on SNL, like during his SNL run, people, when he comes back and he does his thing, people are going to watch because he's on it. So he, he sort of has that reinforcement, whereas someone like Rain Wilson never really had that. And people like Steve Carell linked up with like a Judd Apatow or with uh, uh, Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. And we're able to do that, whereas Rain Wilson never seemed to find that fit. And possibly it's because he was so unhappy and who knows what he was acting like. And I don't know. I don't know either. But I do understand his frustrations. Because Absolutely. When you think about it, like he's an iconic television character. He's an iconic television character. And also a lot of his co-stars were be getting to that next level. So like you said, Steve Carell huge star John Krasinski John Krasinski huge star even BJ Novak BJ, who's not like BJ Novak who writes his own yeah, stuff yeah Mindy Kaling Mindy those are the four I was yeah. yes Mindy Kaling became a huge star Creed so like, Bratton no, I'm just kidding <laughs> so it's difficult when you have all of these people that Craig Robinson yeah right yeah that are around you and are doing other things that are kind of that next step up and you're like wait a second I'm the one that has all the catchphrases i'm the one on the t-shirts i'm the one who people dress up as for halloween yeah why am i not getting that i understand that frustration i just don't think that being in the meg is going to help with that from the movie roles i've seen from him he doesn't seem to have it in terms of that type of like next level star he found his thing that he's great at and he's Mm -hmm. great as dwight he's he's amazing he's awesome but I don't know if he hasn't shown anything that I've seen, maybe in some of these movies that I haven't heard of, that really gives me anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want to see a great Rain Wilson role, I'm just going to watch season two of The Office, you know? Right. Because even in a movie we really like, like Juno, he's in one scene I didn't in the remember. I didn't even remember him he in Juno. He is the, uh, the guy at the convenience store who, when she goes to, she buys like a whole big oh, job yes. of thing and, yes. and the test. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I think that he's. I get it. I get why he's. He says that's one doodle that can't be undid. Home skillet. Yep. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> okay. What is, what is your favorite Jason Jason Statham movie that you've seen? And if you haven't seen that many, like me, are I there, haven't. Are there any more that you would specifically want to watch? Yes, my favorite is Spy, because number one, it's a fun movie. Number two, he's hilarious. Oh, oh I have a different one. Sorry, I just remembered another movie that he's I saw him in. So funny in Spy. And Spy is him and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, and he yeah. and Rose Byrne's in, in Seattle. it. And him and Melissa McCarthy play off like play off of each other really well. I think it's a very fun movie, and I like him in it. He's very likable. What do I want to see? I am actually very interested in watching Crank. Crank? What about High Voltage? Crank High Voltage. Yeah, Crank sure. 2. Yeah, I really want to watch Crank. That's definitely the one that where I'm like... We'll watch it for the podcast. That's going to be... Absolutely. Uh, there's The Mechanic. There's The Transporter. All, all these, all What's these. The, I does he watch. transport to like other times? Like, no, does I th- he become like, uh, like from the? No, I think he like, like the Declaration of Independence and stuff. Like he transports through time. I think he transports packages. Like it's a crime movie, and oh, he, he doesn't like know. A FedEx driver? No, <laughs> I mean illegally black market. Like he's like, he is the the person who like he's like i i can't open the package i just have this package i'm taking it uh, where it needs to go and i get paid to do it ooh. and he gets caught up in something i think okay i mean that's what if he also went to the boston tea party i mean maybe <laughs> my one that i just thought of right now is snatch that i love oh yeah i love yeah. snatch i haven't watched that much guy Ritchie stuff but i feel like that's the quintessential guy Ritchie movie yeah it's about like all these honestly if you've seen snatch if that's like his like it's frenetic and it is that's a guy Ritchie thing yeah it's got jason statham he he's listed actually first the pit of brad isn't it brad pitt benicio del toro dennis farina it's all about like this diamond heist and like all of these idiots are all like circling the diamond and and everyone's are, has it at some point and loses it and there's all these like one of the characters you like can't understand a word he that's said. brad pitt yeah yeah <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah he's a boxer or something and he has like the most un un hero unlistenable accent ever <laughs> pretty funny yeah uh, i gotta rewatch that movie oh yeah brad pitt played wait yeah brad pitt played one punch mickey o'neill he's just an irish guy who just knocks people out at one punch love it yeah 
So yeah, that's the that's probably my favorite one that I've seen, and I agree. I would want to watch Crank, The Transporter, The Mechanic, like those types of movies are all. I would also be interested if he did like a pacifier type of thing. Didn't he? Did he? He might have. He didn't do Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy was The Rock. Yeah, and pacifier was Vin Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he did. I'm not sure. He did like, like oh, Little Miss Muffet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Stuber. Oh, no. <laughs> what is the most unrealistic part of this movie, and why is it the way that the kid talks? That kid is so unnecessary. I wrote... So I have a spot in my Google Doc, Google Doc for best scene or quote, because we've done it a couple times, and every now and then I write something there. And this one I wrote, it was a conversation between Jonas and Mei Ying, the daughter, the, the, the woman's daughter. And he, I don't remember the context, but he goes, you know a lot. And she goes... Eight-year-olds hear everything. What? No eight-year-old has ever spoken that sentence in the history of Earth. Yeah, it's it's so clearly written by a, like a fifty-year-old. Yeah, who is like, oh, kids are smart, you know? Yeah, it's that just it's, and that's just one example. I mean, the whole every line out of the kid's mouth is like, no child has ever said this before. So bad. Yeah. Did you think the sharks looked good? Yeah. I thought the squid looked good too. Comparing, because I'm thinking comparing it to Jaws, because we thought that the mechanical shark in Jaws actually looked, looked pretty good. Um, I did like that the Meg kind of, oh, it was like an homage to Jaws where you didn't see. There were a lot of homages to Jaws. I thought that was fun. The, what was the dog's name? Pippin. Pippin. The dog in Jaws is named Pippet. Ah. So it's a reference to Jaws. That's Or fun. something like that. So, like, yeah, that's cool. And I thought that the sharks did look good. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I'm not huge on CGI. I would prefer practical effects, but with something like this where yeah. you're not going to get a megalodon to be in the movie, it just right. doesn't really happen. So I thought that it looked it looked pretty good, I thought. That's something it did better than Jaws had CGI. Jaws didn't have CGI. Uh, okay. This movie is rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been more interesting or possibly even good if it was rated R or if it was rated pg I think so. I think that you can pick a lane a little bit more. It, that The whole movie can, just feels like a compromise. In every way, the movie feels exactly like a compromise. It. Yeah. With the PG-13 rating, it felt like... Maybe it has to do with it being a U.S. and China co-production. Maybe there was more mm-hmm. to that where they couldn't go crazy yeah, or they, you know... Maybe. I do think, like, they wanted to go further but felt like they couldn't. They wanted a couple of bad words that they couldn't put in there. Yeah. They wanted maybe a little more action Blood, stuff like that stuff they like that. couldn't include. Some maybe jokes that would be uh, not appropriate for a PG-13 audience that they couldn't go to. Like, I think that you could do that. I also think that if you went the PG route, you could have a lot of fun with and it. And have it be absurd. Exactly. Have it be more silly. Yeah. Have it be um, more of an homage more to... More slapstick. Yeah, and have it be more of an homage to those older... Um, movies like a Godzilla or a King Kong. Right. Um, so I think, and I think that's, this is the problem that a lot of rated PG-13 action movies and sci-fi movies run into. Horror movies. And horror movies. Is it, it can't quite go where it wants to go. I, that's part of, I think, a comp- compromising an artistic vision. Yeah. Because, well, listen, the Meg, ha- it's, it's art. Whether you like it, and it, it or did not. well. It's art, and it and did well. It it did. The studios put out movies to make money, right? And it did do that. Yes, <laughs> but I'm wondering, was a lot compromised to fit into the studio's vision of what, like, we need a PG-13 movie coming out on this date that's going to make us money for the summer or whatever. Well, the story with Eli Roth was apparently that he wanted it to be rated R, and they said no, right? So he left. Exactly. So and and I think that that's a struggle that a lot of people have where it's like okay How could, I could see Eli Roth being like and he's like a director that has gone very far into the R rating so I can picture him being like why am I gonna do a shark movie that's gonna be rated PG thirteen I can't do anything with it right um and that's not to say that PG thirteen movies are always gonna be compromises right we see with no. Barbie Barbie is meant to be a PG thirteen movie right um it's a- it pushes by being a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. Like, because in theory, you would think, oh, it's G or PG. Right. And it honestly is close to a PG movie. Um, But But I'm saying it pushes with some of the language and some of the ideas in the movie. My guess is is that the Mission Impossible one that just made a lot of money is PG 13. My my guess. Um, But 
you know, that you can kind of work with because spy movies can go a little more, you know, tame. But I do hope that with Oppenheimer doing so well that maybe people think, hmm, there might be a little bit more wiggle room. when it, And Joker did really well a couple years ago. Deadpool. Deadpool, right? That maybe we can push the envelope that way. Or we can make PG movies like, you know, a, a ton of anime, uh, Donkey Kong and all that. Donkey, Donkey Kong? Kong? Oh no! Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Donkey like, Kong. <laughs> is he in it? Uh, I don't. Maybe. Probably. Is it the same? Yeah. Okay. Um, like you have I those types movie, but... of movies that are making a ton of like animated movies that are making a ton of money and doing really well. So hopefully, we pick lanes a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I think that PG thirteen, unfortunately, was a poor compromise. Yeah. I would have liked. I would like to see our version of this movie because I feel like that would get into more of the sci-fi cut sort of. It would get into more of everything. It would yeah. be more fun. Okay, that's all my questions. I also did my best. My best quote. Do you want to do our our new New Jersey segment? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Go for it. I don't know this. I, I haven't been. This hasn't been screened. This was, so this was rough. Trying to find it. <laughs> trying to find one. Like meanwhile. Yeah. So yeah. So every week we're gonna try to find at least one connection to New Jersey. So we're gonna get connected for free. The New Jersey Connection. That's okay. it. So, as I was saying, New Jersey, the best state, ranked number three best state to live in. It has it all, including lots of connections to any piece of Hollywood that you can think of. Every movie is connected to the great state of, yes, New Jersey. Are you going to say that every, every, every episode, <laughs> the whole monologue? Probably do a whole thing with it. Do you have a favorite movie star? Danny DeVito. There's a chance that they're from New Jersey. Okay, we picked the wrong movie to start with this. (laughs) I was like, what? I clicked on like everybody's names. I'm so confused. Um, Did you know that Ruby Rose is Australian? Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew that from John Wick. Did you know Jason Statham is not Australian? What is he? He's He's British. British. He's British, yeah. And I thought Meg was, was like an Australian thing. The Meg... I totally. I thought this was about Australian surfers. I'm. Not I thought joking. so. Too. I thought it was going to be more about surfing. <laughs> so I was like really struggling for this NJ connection, but I found it. Director John Turtletaub. Yes. His father Saul Turtletaub, who is like a famous writer for yeah. like the Carol Burnett Show, whatever. Yeah. He was born in Teaneck, New Jersey. Ah, I love it. If Never there's there. no Jersey, there's no John Turtletaub. <laughs> so he's the reason we have the Meg. <laughs> Does the gar- that count? The Garden State God, John, <laughs> John Turtletop. He's not no, from he has New no, York. No, he has no connection. <laughs> he's from New York. Very loose connection. All right. His father His is dad, from Teaneck. Big Saul. And if you miss the Teaneck exit, you're going on the bridge to New York. Yeah, you, you, you better paying. be careful. On you go, you're going to pony up. There have been a, quite a few times where I've been like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Because I have to get off at that exit yeah. to go to Jackie's old house. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, and I make it, but whew, scary. All right, you ready for some taglines? They're good, at right? There's like a billion of them. I took three. <laughs> the first one, all right. The most feared predator in history is no longer history. <laughs> that one's kind of dumb. If you see her coming, it's all you'll have time to say. The Meg. <laughs> I don't like that one either. Wait, and, these are bad. And finally, pleased to eat you. <laughs> I like that one. The Meg. That's good. That's better. And then there's the opening wide one that's on the yeah. poster. Yeah. Which is a great cute. like opening wide and it's a giant like shark mall open and it's like August twelfth or that's whatever cute. it was. That's cute. Yeah, those are the three that I chose. There were like ten. They're, and those were the best? Those are those, that's the cream of the crop right there. <laughs> All right. My notes. Uh, I mentioned the thing about Chat GPT. I said it's incredible how insanely easily they get down into the Mariana Trench. Like no one's been down that far They're before like, ever. They I do it like five times. Go. They do it like five times, and it's supposed to be like a modern day. It's not like it's like. Is that like the Bermuda Triangle? Like years. no one goes there. Well, it's it's to look at what happened with the Titanic submersible. You can't go that far down. You know. Who said? Oh, I mean, clearly you can, and they do it eighteen times in this movie. That's what I'm saying. And probably eighteen more in, in the sequel in Meg to the trench. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, there's a trench involved. Hmm. Oh, I also said suddenly, like when they needed the harpoon to track the Meg, it was just hanging out by the surface. They were like, it oh, spent, I should have done that. It spent like billions of years 
in the Mariana Trench, or at least since it escaped, it, it, it fled down there from when it was roaming the seas in like the Pangea time. And now suddenly, freaking Jason Statham and the girl who played Sonya Blade in the 2018 or whatever Mortal Kombat movie, 2021 Mortal Kombat movie, who was played his ex-wife, is down there. And now the Megalod- Megalodon's just going up to the surface for some reason. That was reason. a weird like subplot, too. It, didn't... it wasn't what it was in the book. It's strange. I said, unlike Jaws, this movie is only fun when the shark is on screen. <laughs> so true. And finally, honestly, the most emotionally touched I got was when the first Meg died. And then when the second Meg died. You're like, oh. Yeah. They looked very sad when they like sort of floated down. Do you feel bad? Like, what are they? Why, did, why were they trying to kill the Meg in this movie? <laughs> I got when it attacked the beach. Okay, but. They probably wouldn't have attacked the beach if they didn't if they push didn't. it that way. Uh huh. Exactly. Leave them alone. Just leave them in the They've trench. They've been in the Mariana Trench for they were, eons. They were bothering nobody until these people started going down. Yeah, they're they're just like and everyone just trouble. but everyone just took it for granted. Like we have to kill the Meg. Like before anything even happened. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Why don't we just like hang out? All right, I've got my top five trivia. And I think that's it. I think I'm done after that. Like there's imagine no... like being on a boat and like being in the water and being like, oh, you know what? This isn't good enough. I need to travel as far down as possible <laughs> and kill sharks. Like, no. Okay. Top five trivia. One, how and why there are megalodons believed to have been a shallow water predator in a deep sea trench is never explained in the film, of course. While the novels go in depth with their evolution into an abyssal species, they migrated to escape the ice ages over millennia, gaining a slower metabolism. So they had to eat less and losing skin pigmentation in the process so that they didn't have to like, cause of there was less light in the book. The megalodons are pure white, almost luminescent from living in an environment with almost no light. This coloring proved too difficult to render in CGI while still looking realistic. Well, yeah, we'll just make sure. So the megalodons were given the same coloring as great white sharks, gray backs with pale bellies, even though this coloration would only make sense in an environment with light. You like how sh- how flamingos are white until they eat shrimp? <laughs> sure. Okay, here's my thing, Tom. I'm like really embarrassed to admit this. I thought the Meg just meant mega shark. Okay. They said that a bunch of times. Megalo- they say megalodon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, it's a mega shark, mate. <laughs> yeah, the surfers are like, oh, it's a mega shark, mate. <laughs> so Winston Chow plays uh, uh, Lee Bing Bing's father. Yes. He's only 13 years older than her. So in the beginning of the movie, you were like, I thought they were married. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been too far off if they were. Okay. They're like sort of in between. Yeah. You know? Number three. But also, this very clearly means I wasn't paying very close attention to this movie. Or that the writing wasn't good enough to get that across. No, no, no. I thought it was mega shark, Tom. True. Okay. (laughs) Number three. Few sharks are known to inhabit these abyssal regions, such as sites down to 2.5 miles below sea level or more. What moves within oceanic trenches is the true mystery. No one knows. Aside from the scarcity of food, temperatures there could be another limitation to deep-sea living. There are sharks that inhabit deep parts of the ocean. Among them are goblin sharks and Greenland sharks. Goblin? Which tend to have low metabolic rates. Goblin mode? (laughs) Goblin mode. That means they move slowly, much more slowly than the energetic predators of the movie. Although Sea Megalodon, which was the technical name for the Megalodon in real life, cruised seas across the globe, it tended to prefer warm, shallower waters. It even used coastal regions for nursing grounds. I kind of love the idea of like the sharks being so slow. And all, yeah, <laughs> apparently that's what it's like. Well, there's so much pressure too down that far. It probably is like hard to navigate. Yeah. Number four, the megalodon is relatively docile while swimming near the beach full of people, seeming more curious than everything. Then everyone sees it and panics. That many creatures making movements like prey in distress promptly makes it to go complete, causes it to go completely berserk and enter a feeding frenzy as a real shark would. It's noticeably more aggressive and erratic during the following final confrontation that it has been for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So at least they got that kind of right. Yeah. And number five, in real life, Jason Statham is an expert swimmer. In the 1990 Commonwealth Games, he represented England in diving. Footage of him competing is like on YouTube. And most of the shots of him in the water were real, but some of the more hazardous stuff was a stunt double. But it's cool that he did most of it. That's cool. Yeah, so that's trivia. And there's no Roger Ebert review, obviously, unfortunately. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, so, and there's not really any casting. The only casting thing was not really casting, but the Eli Roth stuff. Uh, so, does the Meg make Baby's First Watch List? 
Yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> of course it does. I mean, yeah. you know what you're getting into when you start this podcast if you've listened to more than four episodes. <laughs> Every movie makes it, even the Meg. I said the thing about the Meg. Okay, well, you have your takeaways? Um, yeah, my takeaways are... Leave the sharks alone. My takeaways are, don't start none, won't be none. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, get hit. <laughs> like, just chill out. You're like really rich and hanging out. Like, why do you need to bother the sharks? Now they're going to go attack the beach. Yeah. Congratulations. Now, Thank you, congratulations. Rain Wilson. Congratulations. Now they're going to attack the beach. Thank you, Jason Statham. Thank like, you, Rain Wilson. Can you blame them? Yeah. You shouldn't attack the beach. Like, <laughs> it doesn't know any better. Them, leave them alone. Leave them alone. That's, that's mine. My takeaway is I forget. <laughs> wow. You're me now. Oh, no. It was if you want to write something, if you want to write a movie... So many people write bad movies. Just write the movie. Wow. That's to yourself. It's to myself, but it's also to anybody, you know? Beautiful. And it's not necessarily a movie, a book. So many bad books have been written. Just write a book. You're not going to be the worst book ever written unless you are, and then you're amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's iconic, too. It is iconic. It, it, Tommy Wiseau. Wait, is the Meg iconic? No. The Meg is boring. That's the problem. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's my takeaway. So that's the Meg. Yep. And next week, we are going to cover 1957's 12 Angry Men. I've never seen it. I have seen it. It's amazing. Uh, People love it. I want to have haven't seen it since high school. Is it like boring? I don't think so. I mm. think it's pretty I mean it's talky, but it's Black nothing and white. nothing more boring. I think so. Nothing more boring than what we would have watched before in the past. Henry Fonda? Henry Fonda. Sydney Lumet directed. It's not Lumet. I'm pretty sure it's Lumet. <laughs> I'm going to double check on that. I'm like I'm like eighty percent sure it's Lumet. I've been wrong so many times today. Lumet. Lumet. It's Lumet. He's American. He's not French. Well, you never know. No, I know, but it's Lumet because I thought it was Lumet, and then I looked it up one day, and it was Lumet. Lumet, Lumet you and talked your ear off. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Lumet. <laughs> exactly. He is an obviously an extremely famous director. Network. Uh, we saw that Dog, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, that's one of my faves. Yeah, he's before time best director nominee so did he ever win mm. we'll find out next week won't we yeah we will hey. exactly <laughs> yes tune in next week yeah so we're gonna do 12 angry men it's courtroom drama it's like the courtroom drama you've probably seen it in high school you've probably like seen a lot it in of high people school. did it's an absolute classic so Never tune in tune in next week for 12 angry men and you know follow us and stuff like always like Have i always fun. say uh, yeah, so that was the Meg. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week for 12 Angry Men. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>